The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the overlap between social media, influencers, and marketing agencies. Joining us is May Karwowski, who is the founder and CEO of Obviously, which is the fastest growing marketing agency in the tech platform. They specialize in working with influencers and some of the largest tech brands in the world. And today, May and I are going to discuss why social media and influencer marketing are increasingly important for tech brands. Okay, here's my conversation with May Karwowski, founder and CEO of Obviously. May, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Excited to have you here. Thanks for joining us all the way from New York, across the coast from my home here in suburbs of San Francisco. I want to talk to you a little bit about the lay of the land for marketing influencers. You work with some of the largest brands in the world, helping them find influencers to work with. And I guess where we should start is why? Why are the Apples and Googles and Amazons of the world working with the independent people that have an influencer following? So it's becoming more and more important for brands to really cut through the noise. There are only so many Facebook ads you can run. There are only so many Instagram ads you can run or TV commercials or billboards you can put up. But when you actually start working with individual people who have real stories, who have real audiences that really care about their day-to-day life and what they're posting about all the time, and you then build a relationship between that brand and that person, all of a sudden that message becomes so much more meaningful for their audience and the results are tangible. So the term that I throw out to our advertisers on the MarTech podcast is inferred credibility. Right. When we read an ad for some of our sponsors and we vet them to make sure that they are relevant, but hopefully our listening audience believes that I'm credible because I've had conversations with lots of great guests like you. And then I can pass along that inferred credibility for the big brands, Amazon, Google, Apple, you know, the, the mega brands, and they go beyond just tech. They already have credibility. So why are they working themselves into influencer marketing channels? Well, you're an influencer, number one. So congrats on that. Hey, people people look to you for, hey, what tools, what products, what company should I be looking at and working with? And these brands need larger and larger market share. And they're always launching new products. They're always looking for ways to increase their revenue. So they really need people to tell the unique stories of 
why should I buy Amazon's new security system called Blink? Why is it better than anything else out there? Why does this person like it and care about it? And what's their review of it? So I think we're all actively looking for solutions to our problems. And those are the people that we're looking to, the people we trust. It's a little bit of an existential question. You know, it's like if you have this big, well-established brand, why do you have to market? Or if you don't market, you won't have this big existential brand. It's like everybody already knows what Apple is. And for the most part, they're pretty good about seeking out what their products are. But you do bring up a good point that, you know, these companies are so big that there are perpetually product launches, right? You mentioned Amazon and their security systems. Obviously, there's a host of products that Amazon and Google are launching all of the time. Talk to me about the dynamics of working with some of these big brands. How do the biggest companies in the world figure out which influencers they want to work with? Yeah. So I think one really interesting thing about working with a very large brand is that they know their customer base is huge. Apple, how many fans do they have? How many people stand outside an Apple store, I guess pre-COVID, to get the latest iPhone release? So they know they already have a really active, excited fan base. But how do they choose the exact right people to work with to hit their target audience? And how do they do that at scale? Because if we're to come back to Amazon and say, okay, here are two influencers for you to work with. They each have 25,000 followers each. They're going to be like, why even show up to that meeting? You really need to be able to show that I can hit the right audience and I can hit the right audience in a scalable way. And I think that is the really exciting part about what we're doing. So we've talked a little bit about this podcast, about the difference between the macro influencers. I, I always use Kim Kardashian as the example and the micro influencers, right? These are the regular Joes, a thousand Instagram followers that are all closely knit. Walk me through what value you can find based on that spectrum of macro all the way down to micro influencers. There are a number of reasons to work with micro influencers as opposed to working with macro influencers. And usually we don't put them in opposition to one another. We'll say as part of a larger strategy, probably want to work with one or two very large macro influencers, and then a few hundred to a few thousand micro influencers to really make sure that you're getting just like a really varied group of stories out there to your target audience. But it really makes sense to work with micro influencers for a number of key reasons. One, they're really excited to work with a brand. You know, Kim Kardashian, she's a bonafide celebrity. She has her own clothing line. She's got a lot of other things going on. Her husband's running for president. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's busy. You know? yeah. So it's really expensive to work with that one person. And you might get the reach of 100 million followers on Instagram right now. But how many of those 100 million people are the exact right profile that you want to get in front of? Most likely, you're really overpaying to reach that much smaller fraction of an audience when you're working with a person with a very large following because they're going to come with a very large price tag. But if I instead am able to work with a thousand influencers who each have 20,000 followers and they're so excited to work with a the brand, they genuinely love the brand, love the product, or like couldn't be more excited to like create content and, and start a relationship with this company, that price per influencer is significantly lower by 10x lower. And you can really find the ones that work for you, the ones whose audiences really convert and continue to work with those people and optimize. So you're continually working with the right influencers whose audiences are really excited about what you, the brand, are doing. So you're really getting the right mix of people constantly. So what I'm hearing from you is there's a dynamic between working with a person that has a large following and getting a lot of reach, a lot of exposure. They tend to have a higher rate of what they're charging per impression as opposed to when you work with the micro-influencers, your rate is going to be less potentially, and you're going to be more targeted. 
So there's a reach versus targeting and price scale that you're working on to figure out what the right balance is. Correct. And it becomes even more important when you're really going after a long tail customer. For example, I want to reach women who live in New York City who have curly hair. I should probably work with micro-influencers who have curly hair, who live in New York City, who really over-index maybe 15%, 20% of their followers also live in the state of New York. I should work with those people because those influencers are all talking about how they have curly hair and the right products that they like to use rather than working with a Kim Kardashian. The ROI on that is going to be much, much greater. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So when you think about some of the targeting criteria, you use the example of women in New York with curly hair. How are you thinking about finding influencers and what targeting criteria can you actually collect out of who their audience is? It's fascinating on a lot of levels, and this is the type of stuff that really excites me. We have thousands of influencers reaching out to our company on a weekly basis who are you know, filling out surveys, and then we can see all the content that they're posting on their own accounts. So we can say, hey, I saw two of your kids on your Instagram feed. You know, How old are your kids? Would you ever want to feature them in any potential work? Are there any brands that you want to talk to in the sphere of being a mom? And really go from there. And then we're able to really look at everything that's being posted on Instagram and look at all the people who have over a thousand followers and who are the people that are following them and how engaged are their following and where do those people live? So we can actually get a very specific, really exciting data set when we really start to map out social networks. So you have inbound interest from the influencers and you're able to ask them for data. Are there any tools or services? Obviously, there's influencers that reach out to you and some of the, you know, the enterprise size brands are your customers for us smaller guys who probably can't afford the Google type budget. How do we go find what the right influencers are for our brands? So we had to build all of our tools internally because everything is changing so quickly and it's so key to what we do. I think if you're a small brand, a small startup, looking at a few people who you already follow 
asking them for their audience data is now a pretty common thing. They'll just send a screenshot of what Instagram's telling them or, or what YouTube's telling them from their phone. It's something that you can do quite frequently and then really start to just amass a great group of people. And then a huge thing that I stress is you got to test and learn. It is a marketing channel. Some influencers are going to work really, really well for you. Some are not going to work well for you at all. And that's okay. That's part of it. And you have to be ready for the test and learn aspect and the optimization that you find in all other marketing. Yeah. No marketing channel is a silver bullet and they all take time to master and cultivate. Last question I have for you today. Talk to me a little bit about the difference between some of the channels that influencers work with. And I'll preface this with, I think most people, when they hear influencer marketing, again, go to the Kim Kardashian model, think Instagram. There's YouTube, there's Twitter, there's podcasts, and then there's podcasts and podcasts and podcasts. I'm obviously biased. Talk to me about how you think about the difference between some of the channels. So Instagram is one where we're doing a majority of our work and you really see brands associate Instagram with influencer marketing. It's a great way to get in front of a targeted group of people. It's a great way to work at scale with micro influencers and really get high quality content that can perform a lot better than an Instagram ad. We do a lot of work on TikTok as well. And I think that that's a really interesting platform, especially given the fact that the algorithm really prioritizes content in a way that's totally disassociated with the size of your following. So we worked with an influencer for a very large shoe brand. They had 5,000 followers. Their piece of content was awesome and was seen by 3 million people in 24 hours. You know, like those sort of results you don't really get on any other platform. And it's probably only for a certain window in time where that's true, but we're seeing like crazy results on TikTok. And then YouTube is excellent. You have influencers who are spending 12 to, you know, 25 minutes really going in depth about why they care about certain brands and that long form video really converts people in a very trackable way. So do you find that certain channels are better for certain brands? Is it dependent on what you're trying to accomplish? So a big thing with YouTube is that it is very good at conversion. You can really see people click through and buy and promo codes do work extremely well on YouTube. Also, the content lasts for a very long time. It's the second largest search engine. So you're going to really see people a year or two years after still converting from videos if they're well done. YouTube's also very expensive. So we really start our pricing at like do $50,000 to start testing, maybe work with one, maybe two influencers at that level. 50 grand for two influencers on YouTube? And that's a smaller influencer than you'd think. Yeah. So, you know, on average, we're spending $60,000, $80,000 for a entire feature. That's exactly what our rates are for the MarTech podcast, too. Yeah, exactly. Good. No, they're not. <laughs> uh, and then Instagram is great because you work with certain micro-influencers who really love your brand. You're going to be able to get a significantly smaller rate and work with a lot more influencers and really test that out. So that's really where, who is your audience? What platform are they on? Does your product need a lot of explanation? Like, are we going to need to do one Instagram post and five Instagram stories and really get into the weeds about here's how your phones work? Or is it pretty self-explanatory? So we, there are you know, a number of factors to take into account. And then TikTok's great, especially if you're 18 to 35 now, honestly, like it's getting older and older and just have something that's like pops and it's like you can create some fun content around. So tell me a little bit just for my own edification, how you think about the podcast landscape for influencers? I think podcasts are talking about emerging. And I think that there's going to be a lot more volume and a lot more brands are going to do more podcasts advertising. I think it's early days right now, 
There's also a lot fewer venues to do B2B influencer marketing. And there are a lot of brands that want to reach the B2B customer. So I think it's going to grow significantly. And we've actually been looking a lot in the space. Boy, do I hope you got that right. All right. Well, (laughs) May, I'd love to continue the conversation. We're going to bring you back tomorrow. So that wraps up this episode. We're going to bring you back tomorrow to talk about the business of being an influencer. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to May Karwowski, founder and CEO of Obviously, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, we're going to talk about the business of being an influencer. But if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about May, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can follow her on Twitter. Her handle is MayWow, M-A-E-W-O-W. Or you could visit her company's website, which is obviously O-B-V-I-O-U-S dot L-Y. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.